This is the Odd Father podcast with Chris Matthews and Pete Court. Hi, this guy here is Chris. He used to be a research scientist in the field of molecular biology until, he reckons, God told him he wanted him to look after a suburban church. And this is Pete, who used to be in commercial media until he became a novelist and started teaching people how to be highly creative. One thing we have in common, we've both met God. Yep, and we love people, but we really love God and we love being his children. But we both find being God's kids can be baffling. So... That's why we got together, not to find the answers, but to try and find the right questions. Now, last time, Chris, we were having a look at the Bible and why that's such a weird thing, a collection of stuff, and we really need to read with awareness. I was going to say we need to read with mindfulness, but that just sounds too much like patchouli oil and dream catchers. But we need to be aware of what we're reading when we read the Bible. And one of the reasons is because it gets really quite confused. I mean, different translations over hundreds and thousands of years have changed it. And in the future, we're going to have a chat at some of the things that have been turned upside down and are quite frankly wrong, perhaps, yes. in the Bible because of the translations. But the big core question, this is one that every church and every individual and every human struggles with. My question for you, very simply, what is sin? What a great question. Um, well, funnily enough, the first thing that comes to mind is my time uh, as a member of an archery club back in the 1980s. Right. And uh, because sin was actually described to me, and I think it's quite a clever one, in archery terms. Uh-huh. Because in archery, you draw a bow with an arrow in it and you aim for the centre of a target. And when you release, your aim is to hit that target. But sometimes, if you haven't set your sights correctly, you fall short. Right. And that is the definition of sin. Falling We're actually short. aiming for to be holy, mm-hmm. but sin is where we fall short. Whereas I think a lot of people think sin is on the archery line where you come up to full draw with an arrow, you turn around and shoot the person next to you. Um, <laughs> depends who it is, doesn't it? it dep- <laughs> we, I think we often <laughs> think of sin as deliberate acts mm. um, that we do that are wrong, right. a morally wrong um, all sorts of wrongness about it. But in actual fact, um, sin is actually just not being holy enough um, to confr- to be in front of God. Okay, okay. You, you've gone all linguistic and you've gone all godly, termy, wordy stuff. What Sorry. the hell? <laughs> Pardon me. But what is holy? Because I, I'm, I'm st- I don't know the definition of holy. I hear it, you know, holy is the, you know, the, the holy of hosts. And what, that, what on earth does, and you say you've got to strive to be holy. Well, I can't because I don't know what the heck you're talking about. Ah, the holy person who's the one who hits the bullseye every time. Um, well, I guess the holiness is, uh, the definition of holiness is someone who can't sin, who doesn't sin, right? And therefore, I think only God right. is holy. He's holy. Um, and Jesus was holy, but right. I think Jesus is a great example because Jesus was holy, and yet he deliberately became unholy for our sake. Right. And took on all our sin by okay. dying at the okay. cross. Okay, okay. I just have a problem with Jesus being unholy because Jesus is completely 100% God as well as being human. And I'm not sure that Jesus becomes unholy necessarily. Although, 
Well, he does he, become let, let, a receptacle for sin. Okay. Let me explain to you what I think. Because okay. I, I, I have a totally different viewpoint on that. I think, and, and this comes from actually, believe it or not, reading the, the Ten Commandments. Right. All right. First one, have no other gods but me. Second one, don't make yourself in a graven image. Don't make another god to look like me. Three, um, don't misuse the name of the Lord your God. Four, remember the Sabbath and keep it holy as a day to the Lord. So the first four of the Ten Commandments are all about worshipping God, looking at God, putting God first. Okay? Yep. Everything that follows on from that follows on because instead of putting God first, you're putting yourself first. So I reckon, and I'm, I'm sort of struggling with, wrestling with this, I think that sin is anything that puts God second. So striving to be holy is striving to put God first. So worshipping God, all that sort of stuff. Um, it's also, by the way, for those, as an aside, one day we might talk about this, how the Ten Commandments is actually a really good template for marriage. So to put your partner first, to honour them, to never yep. have a graven image of somebody else hanging around, that sort of thing. But anyway, putting God first is the way to over... Is, so not putting God first, rather, is the only sin. Right. So if I don't worship God and if God is not... If I don't recognise that God is God and acknowledge that God is God, then I have then my life is a life of sin. Anything that I do that we hold up as sin now can actually be seen that. So theft is putting me first because I will take this because I want it. Yeah. Um, anger, same, a lot of that. I mean, anger is can be righteous. More than often, it's just because I've been blocked from getting what I want. And often, most of the sin I think that we have is putting ourselves first instead of God. I would say that I'm not sure that your your view is opposite. No. To the way. I, I, your, yours is perhaps more real world. Mine was perhaps a... a oh, you're a, doing the pastor thing. A more airy-fairy <laughs> um, theological description. Okay. Um, because I, I, I agree. I mean, when you, when you use the Ten Commandments, my immediate thought was the fact that um, Jesus managed to divide those ten into two. Mm. Exactly, which is? One was to worship God right. with all your mind, heart, yep. and the other one was to love your neighbour as Look yourself. Look after everybody else, yeah. And, and I think that is the essence of it, yeah. that we're called to put our worship of God first mm-hmm. and then put other people before us. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it's actually, that's actually a really good picture of what God does. Mm. I mean, one of, one of the things that says, you know, don't, don't bow down to another God because your God is a jealous God. And we go, oh, well, God's a jealous God, is he? You know, but that's actually what he's, he's allowed to be. Yes. He is perfect everything, all creator and everything. So he's allowed to be jealous. And, and we need to be aware of that. Yeah. But God does put people next. Yes. And that's incredibly powerful to realize that, you know, love the Lord your God and love everybody else because that's what God does. Yeah. And if we don't do that, that's sin. Yes. And I think... That's also pertinent to our last discussion about the Bible because uh, we talked about how the Bible is written by an oppressed community. And the Ten Commandments were actually given to a community coming out of oppression from Egypt Mm -hmm. um, where, for instance, you take the first commandment, you know, I'm your God and I'm the only one you worship. Um, We look at that and think, well, that's pretty restricting. That's a... Bit, you know, who do you think you are? Oh, God. Um, but they came from a cult, an Egyptian culture where they were forced to worship many, many gods. Mm, mm. And so. And it, that was easy. It made life easier. 
to worship so, the Egyptian gods when you're in Egypt. Yes, yeah. well, it stopped you getting flogged and yeah. murdered and all of those sort of yeah. things. But to come out of that and say, look, all that religious observance that you've mm. been doing, forget about it. Let's make things simple. I am the Lord your God. Worship me and me alone because I know what is best for you. I have your best interests at heart. Mm-hmm. Um, and that I imagine, and it's only my 21st century imagination doing it, that the, the Israelites sort of felt a great relief. It's like, oh, phew, we don't have to every street corner bow down to Osiris or Ra or whatever it is. We've got our God, the Lord our God, and he is the only God. And that, that makes my life so much simpler and better. And theoretically, that should have been easier for them yeah. to follow. So whereas- well, the fact that they actually had seen physically God acting, you know, separating the Red Sea and going yep. in front of them as a cloud. It's kind of like, that's a God you can follow, as opposed to this carved wooden statue that you get beaten by people if you don't worship. Yes. Um, I guess that's kind of makes things easier. This is who yeah. I am, by the way, and they're going, oh, good, we'll follow you. Yeah. yeah. So in some ways, the, the, the Ten Commandments, I think, made sin easier to avoid mm. in, in a lot of ways. It didn't yeah. stop the Israelites or any of us from actually falling into sin. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I think sin in a sense, I, I said it was falling short of the target. But yeah. In the terms that you put, I would say it's falling short of what God asks us in terms of putting God first and then putting people and before recognize, ourselves. And recognising the truth of that. Yeah. I think part of, part of the problem that we have, and this, this goes back to my days at school when I went to Catholic school. <sighs> sorry, sorry to have a shot at the Catholics, but it is the most obvious one. Where sin is basically, it's weaponized. They have weaponized sin so that you have to go to confession. I remember being at Catholic school as a, you know, sitting here in Australia and everybody around me spoke Italian and they would go to confession and talk to a human priest and say, this is what I have done wrong. And they had to do that to be forgiven. But of course, the Catholic Church also and other churches have also monetized sin, turned it into the way of earning the cash. And the problem with that has become that now sin is everything that we do wrong. And because that's like when you go to give your confession to God, you know, as a Catholic boy, you can imagine what most of those confessions were. They're not sin, necessarily. They're not putting yourself first. They're just trying to work out how things work and trying to understand life and trying to be a human. And sometimes we, we need help, but yes. that doesn't mean we've sinned. We've not put ourselves in the place of God, necessarily. I think, because I, I was also brought up a Catholic, and I was actually an altar boy at our local Catholic church. And <laughs> so cute. <laughs> I, I remember that my biggest sin was making them up, so I had something to tell the priest. Yeah, I've heard that so often. Um, and I think you're, you're right in the fact that my remembrance of church life uh, often um, revolved around guilt. Exactly, yes, yes. And I think that was because in some ways the idea of confession that the Catholic Church in particular majors on is actually could actually be a really key point. Confession is good for the soul Mm. Um, and it is good to keep us honest and on on top of humble. Yeah, humble. That's a very good way of putting it. Not putting ourselves in God's place. Mm. Yeah. Um, But I think to institutionalize uh, confession. Is probably one of the biggest mistakes mm. and the, the most harmful thing I think that's happened in in terms of the, the efficacy of mm. being humble and confessing your sins. Yeah, and that's a really interesting point that I want to come back to in another 
episode when we got some time to talk about it, sin and guilt, how they sit together, because I'm not sure they necessarily should. I'm not sure that when we sin, often we do it because we've we've misplaced our sense of God, if you like. Yeah. And what does guilt do? Guilt just crushes us. Guilt can and lead compound us sin. Yeah, guilt mm. can lead us to acknowledge that there's that sin and then fix it. But most of us now, I think, and this is I get this is the thing that really frustrates me is that because not just the Catholics, churches, religious organisations, even parents have institutionalized and weaponized sin. You know, stop that, don't do that, or you'll be punished. You know, we've weaponized sin, and so we've basically made guilt a massive part of who we are and how we behave together and how we culturally are shaped yes. by guilt. So we can't see that sin is a very very bad thing, but we don't have to be guilty. Yes. We don't have to feel, we don't have to spend every day feeling guilt because all we've got to do is remember that God is God, acknowledge yeah. that, and that sin is now gone. Yes. We've all met people who could be travel agents for guilt trips. <laughs> um, and I think, and, and that's the fine line, and I guess that's where becoming an educated Christian in terms of. Um, knowing what sin is, is important because I think there's a fine line between acknowledging our sin and the guilt trip that lays on us because we have mm. to acknowledge it. Mm. And, I, and I guess the first thought we have when we acknowledge our sin is to, to feel remorse that we've mm. sinned. Yeah. Um, and the thing is, if we don't repent of that sin, the remorse, I think, turns into guilt. Mm. Oh, there's another good word. Thanks for using all these really good God words. Repent. Uh, Come on, which means do a one eighty. Just turn around. Yeah, yeah. And um, we've again repentance is this thing where you must repent. You know, and again going back to Catholic school, you got to say three Hail Marys and do this and do that. That is your penance. Mm. But no, just turn around, go the other way. Especially as that penance tend to turn into speed praying. <laughs> I mean, I can remember just kneeling in the pew at the back of the church yeah. before I had to go and do my um, uh, your confessions. Yeah. Um, Racing through uh, a couple of Lord's Prayers and three Hail Marys as fast as I could so that I could So that you could get say you've already done it. Um, in, in, I can honestly say in my heart there was no repentance. It was just that, okay, I'm free. As soon as I get this out of my mouth, my sins are forgiven and I can get on with life. The mechanics of forgiveness. It, yeah. And so I, I think wow. that was, you know, looking back on it, um, and I could probably still recite the Hail Mary in about 10 seconds flat, um, without understanding the yeah. meaning behind any of the words or anything. And so I think we've got to be careful of, you know, it, it's the thing that Martin Luther got upset about, the fact that people were selling dispensation. And, and in some ways, you know, giving people a prayer to say and having them recite it as quickly as possible is the same as, you know, give us a dollar and your, your sins are forgiven. Let me just wrap it up then with, with asking you this question. We, we sort of basically almost agreed that sin is basically just doing anything that's not putting God first. If God is not first in your life, then there's a fair chance that what you're doing, what you're thinking, where you're going is, is, is a sin and you need mm. to fix that. Once you fix that, you're on the right path and everything does tend to go smoother. Even the uncomfortable, hurtful, deadly bits can be smoother, which is kind of weird. Can you sin... This is, a, this is a really deep philosophical question for you here. Can you sin without it being selfish? And is it possible to be selfish, to do something self-centered 
without it being sin. And I suspect Ooh. there will be a lot of emails on that one. because yes. it, it's, But I could not think of a sin, or I could not think of anything that I could do that was selfish, mm. that would not also be a sin, simply because I'm putting myself first. Yes. Now, you can do something wrong without being selfish. Okay, yes. But yes. whether that counts as a sin, I guess, is a great question for discussion. Yeah. I mean, you could um, not know that if you mix... Uh, ammonium nitrate and petrol and apply a match um, it's going to explode and kill people oh don't tell the kids that um, <laughs> you could be forgiven for having an experiment Accident. where yeah. you know, life is lost mm. um, through your ignorance or whatever and it's mm. definitely you would be accountable for the deaths of those people mm. um, and people would say that that was a sin and you'd have a bit of guilt I suspect and there'd certainly be a lot of guilt um, but would it be a sin but I think uh, the remorse, well, it might be sin for a little bit, but I'm pretty sure that... Sin for I mean, a little bit? Uh, really? <laughs> we'll put it this way. I know that uh, God says all you have to do is turn to me and repent or, or to say, look, I'm sorry. Yeah, I was wrong. Um, I, I was wrong. Mm. I'm willing to make recompense, not just a question of saying, oh, sorry about that, mm. um, but to actually be deeply sorry and seek to repair the damage that you've done. Mm-hmm. God says he forgives that. It's a hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. Whoa, 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 whoa. So if I turn to God and say, look, I've, I've, my entire life I've been putting myself first. I'm better than you. Now I've found you and I recognize that you are actually God. Um, I'm sorry. I, I believe you. I worship you, whatever. I want to give my life to serve you, God. Now, that's enough for salvation, isn't it? That's enough to start you on the track, yes. Okay, but that's enough for the yes. actual... So I'm that, now, I'm now after yeah. we would say, safe. But you're saying that I've also got to go and fix everything. Mm. Mm. You, well, that's probably a sliding scale. <laughs> oh, come on. <laughs> um, yes. If you'd murdered and no. somebody, yeah. Um, yeah, I would say, gonna... yes, look, you, you, you need to, you need to face confess. the law. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it certainly wouldn't help if you'd punched your little brother to mm. go and say look I'm not that same person I'm sorry that I was mean to you 30 years ago um, but I, I've, I've done that I think that's a really important thing to do but you're I, I guess yeah this but is how probably, far you take it yeah this yeah, is probably another rabbit hole we need to mm, talk about this yeah. because I think there is there is that thing where there is that and this probably is the question about sin versus guilt yeah. I need to re- make recompense I need yeah. to rectify things I have done wrong yeah but that doesn't necessarily make me saved because people all the time are yes. doing things to re- rectify what they've done wrong. People collect their plastics and their rubbish because they feel guilty about the earth. That doesn't save them, you know. So no. I think there's... It also doesn't save the earth. No, it doesn't. Uh, it doesn't I... save a lot of plastic, just quietly. No, because I, I, I was looking at um, an article, actually only this morning, yeah. on, the, uh, on the reason that people do things like recycling... Um, going vegetarian and possibly even further um, <laughs> because they, they want to make, they feel that they want to make an impact. But save for, the earth. For instance, yeah. in terms of uh, recycling, mm. uh, apparently there are 20 corporations on the earth that account for 80% of the rubbish. Right. And what we do in our own home mm. only makes 20% of difference. And because we're only a small part of that 20%, it's probably only 0.1% mm. of actually... An impact. Which is a really important point because, like, you collecting your and sorting your rubbish isn't going to save the planet. But 
it does make a difference to you, who you are. Yes. Um, and that, I think, is probably like so... And that I can be a good thing. Yeah, 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 can, exactly. You're a better be a person. Thing. You're a better person. Mm. Yeah. If you tell everybody else they have to do it too, that makes yeah. you a pain in the... Or but if you yeah. go around telling everybody else you're a better person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're going to come back to that. Yeah. We're gonna, that's, that's, that's a rabbit hole. I want to have a look at that whole sin versus guilt and the whole recompense and, and making good for what you've done dumb. Yeah. That's a, we, we'll get um, to that later. But I want to finish then with this question, I reckon, is the question we need to ask and work out for ourselves. And that is, what leads me into sin yes and and i think to add to that question because everybody has a different thing i think that leads them into sin Mm -hmm. and the question that everybody wants to ask is what is it that will turn me around come back because a lot of people struggle with a particular sort of sin which they keep going down that road Mm. and the question people ask is how do i turn around how do i do a 180 that they're the sort of questions that other people often have the answers to mm-hmm. uh, but we've got to be humble <laughs> and uh, repentant in that sense to be actually be able to lay ourselves bare to ask other people but I think that's that's one of the untapped benefits mm. of living in a Christian community so what do you reckon we'd love to hear what your questions might be and what sort of answers you came up with. So you can email us, podcast at theoddfather.net, or you can jump onto the web, theoddfather.net, and check all the socials there, and we'll talk to you then. Thanks for your time, and keep asking those questions.